Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 1 John in chapter number 4. The book of 1 John in chapter number 4. We've been marching through this very pivotal, important foundational book of the Word of God, the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John, of course, was written during, by the Apostle John about 90 A.D., and it's written because there was starting to be some heresy, some false teaching coming into the church during that time. Jesus Christ had already walked on this earth. He was uh, crucified and buried and put in a borrowed tomb. He had already risen from the grave and spent 40 uh, days with his disciples and with those who he who he'd appeared to. And then he had ascended up to heaven. After that, there's been about two or three generations of Christians who have come up and now a false teaching has been going around saying that Jesus Christ was not God in the flesh. That Jesus Christ, there was a separation. That Jesus was just a man and he was a great man. And this great man who lived, he, he did some great things and he died on the cross. But between the time of Jesus' um, baptism to the time of his crucifixion, he happened to have the Holy Spirit dwelling on him and that was giving him a divine nature and so this is a false teaching that had been going around and the apostle John is writing this to the new generation of Christians saying wait 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 a second I knew him I touched him he was alive he was real I handled him he was God he was God every step of the way he was Jesus he was God robed in flesh and dwelt among us and so he's writing and he's encouraging the church not to be deceived. Do you know that there's a lot of deception out concerning who Jesus Christ is? So with that being said and giving you some of the context, look with me if you wouldn't mind to the book of 1 John in chapter number 4. The book of 1 John chapter 4 and notice with me in verse number 1. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, the Bible says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the Spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. 
And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in 1 John chapter number 4? 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 6. Notice the phrase towards the end, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to preach to you that message now. The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you today, I'm just asking that you would give us much wisdom. That you would help us to understand the spirit of truth and discern with the spirit of error. I'm asking that you would help us to be able to discern and to get things nailed down in our life even more about who Jesus is. And that we understand that every false religion, everything that is skewed differently all centers on the question of who is Jesus. Lord, help us to be biblical. Help us to be and stay on the Jesus of the Bible. I need your help once again. So the best I know how I surrender my thoughts, my opinions, my desires, I give them to you and ask that you fill me with your spirit so that you can get your own work accomplished through your word. Just do it again, Lord. Do it again. In Jesus' name. Amen. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Every religion that deals in the world has to deal with the question of who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Every false religion has a skewed vision of who Jesus is. You could go up to... (coughs) Hinduism, which is not a Christian religion, quote-unquote Christian religion, but they have to deal with Jesus is. They say Jesus is not the true one and only God. At the best, he's one God to place upon the thousands of gods. You could go to a different religion. We could go to a, a spiritual type of religion where it's more animism and they're worshiping nature. You have to understand who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? They would say, well, Jesus is part of nature and he's in the trees and he's in everything and he's in the wind and everything. That Jesus is nature itself. They have to answer the question, who is Jesus? By the way, Jesus is not in your pews. Jesus is not in the trees. He is not nature. He is above nature because he made nature. Jesus is God. So every religion has to deal with who Jesus is. Not just the pagan religions, but even the so-called Christian religions have to answer the one main question, who is Jesus? That's the type of religions that we have to deal with on a daily basis to ourselves. Because it's easy to try to work with the pagan religions and, and say that Jesus is indeed the true creator God. The problem we have to deal with is those that profess Jesus but do not have the Jesus of the Bible. So with that being said, let's explore a little bit more this idea of the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And the first thing I'd like to show you is another Jesus. Another Jesus. Notice if you wouldn't mind in verse number one. Beloved, believe not every spirit But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 
With the Christianity that we have, we must have discernment because not everything that calls itself Christian is of God. Not everything that says they follow Christ is of God. Not everything that promotes itself saying, we believe in Jesus, is pleasing to the Lord. And the Bible says we have to have discernment. We have to try the spirits. By the way, it's not based off of subjectiveness, meaning that we're not the ones who try Jesus or try the other religions. It's not our determination whether someone's right or someone's wrong. (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit's job. God himself says that's right. And that's wrong. And what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to bring it up to God and said, God, we're trying the spirits. Is this from you? Good thing we have his word to help discern. But more importantly, we have the Holy Spirit. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you have the Holy Spirit who lives within you. And he is the one who could determine whether it's a spirit of truth or the spirit of error. Notice as it goes on, it's talking about there's many false prophets that are gone into the world. I know you may have to hold something. I may knock uh, your socks off. You may not uh, have ever heard this before, but there are false prophets out there. There there are people who, who are trying to deceive you and are trying to tell you that what you believe is not right. There are many people who are trying to lead people astray and build their own kingdoms. Believe it or not, I I, I know it may be a shock, but there are many false prophets out in the world. Verse number two. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. You see, what is the trial? What is the thing that we try all religions, all spirits? What do they think of Jesus? Who is Jesus? What do they think of Jesus? Here it says every good one is going to confess that it is Jesus who was God robed in flesh and dwelt among us. The Pentecostal movement, the charismatic movement started in the 1800s. And it was starting by a man by the name of Irving. Um, in fact, at the very beginning, instead of calling it charismatic movement, movement, it was called Irvingtonism. <laughs> Everyone has to have an isn'ton. And when it first started, they would have people who were filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues, and they were possessed of a spirit. So what happens, some people said, well, let's try the Bible and let's see what it says. And so they said, well, it says that every spirit confesseth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So they would go to these people who said that they were filled with the Spirit and that were speaking in tongues and says, tell me, who is Jesus? And you know, they would avoid the question. They wouldn't answer the question at all. Which brings me to verse number three. Notice what it says. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come and even now is already in the world. Do you know that those spirits that they brought up to because they avoided the question showed they were not of God according to verse number 3? You see, it all deals with the question, how do they see Jesus? 
every religion, every religious system has to deal with the question, who is Jesus? Who is the Jesus of the Bible? It is Jesus who was robed in flesh and dwelt among us. It is the Jesus God who died on the cross for your sins and mine. And when he died on the cross, it was enough. That Jesus Christ, he died and it was enough. And then he didn't just die, but he was buried and put in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he arose again forevermore. If you could forgive me, I want to explain a little bit more of these spirits. The Bible says in verse number 3, it says that the spirit of Antichrist has come. That word Antichrist, normally we think of a person, but here it's talking about a spirit. It's not referring to a person in this case. It's talking about those who are Antichrist. The word anti just doesn't mean against, it means replacing. There is many people who claim to be Christians and have the Christian religion who are replacing the Jesus of the Bible. And that every religion, every religious system who does not have the Jesus of the Bible is a wrong religious system. May I give you some examples? There are Christian religions out there who say that Jesus Christ did not die. That Jesus was not crucified, uh, he was crucified, but he didn't die. And so therefore he did not rise again. You know what that is? That's a false religion because that's against the Jesus of the Bible. The Methodist religion, which used to be good, the Methodist religion has in their official doctrinal statement that Jesus Christ was not born of a virgin. He did not have the miracle birth. You know what that is? That is not the Jesus of the Bible. It is replacing that Jesus with another Jesus. There are some Christian religions out there who say that when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, it was not enough. You must accept Jesus as your Savior and be a good person. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. There are some who say that not only must you accept Jesus as your Savior, you must also be baptized because Jesus was not enough. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. You see, when Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, he paid the price of every sin and it was finished. It was done. Nothing could be added to it. Nothing could be taken away. Blessed is the name of God. He didn't, we don't have to add to it. We don't have to take away from it. It was enough. That Jesus Christ is the God of the Bible. Do you know that not even everything that believes in Jesus is Christian or going to heaven? Hold your finger here and turn with me back just a couple books. If you're in 1 John, go back to the book of James. Just turn the other direction. You'll come to 1 John, 2 John, or 1 John, 2 Peter, 1 Peter, and then the book of James. The book of James in chapter number 2. Not everything that says they believe in Jesus is saved or Christian. Notice, if you wouldn't mind, James chapter 2 and verse number 19. See what the Bible says. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Do you know the devils believe that there is Jesus? Do you know that Jesus, the devils believe that Jesus is God? 
Do you know that the devils believe that Jesus died for the sins of man? But do you know that the devils are not going to heaven even though they believe those things? There's a lot of things that believe in Jesus. Do you know the Muslims believe in Jesus? They, Jesus is spoken about in their Quran. Do you know that even the Jesus in the Quran is sinless and does miracles? The Muslims will talk about how Jesus does miracles. But their Jesus is not our Jesus. They're replacing Jesus. They believe that Muhammad, who is a sinner, according to their own Quran, is the way to get to God. But Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man goeth to the Father but by Him. Jesus is the only way. Notice, if you wouldn't mind, the book of Galatians chapter number 1. Galatians chapter 1. We're just showing this became a big deal throughout the Bible. You'll see it pop in in the New Testament over and over and over. What? do we do with Jesus? And we have to have discernment because not everything that says they believe in Christ is the same Christ of the Bible. We must try the spirits. The Bible says we need to have discernment. We need to know who Jesus Christ is ourselves. Who is this Jesus of the Bible? Notice with me, if you wouldn't mind, Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6. Galatians 1 verse 6. Notice the Apostle Paul as he's writing to this church. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there should be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. Notice if you wouldn't mind the word another in verse 6 and the word another in verse number 7. Those are two different words another. The one in verse number uh, 6 says the grace of God unto another gospel. That word another means something that's not the same. Things that are different are not the same. They said someone's trying to bring you to a different gospel, verse number 7, which is not another. That means that verse number 7, that word another, means something the same as. So they're bringing you to a different gospel that is not the same as the gospel we told you. You see, even Paul had to deal with this in the churches in that day. He says, you've got to believe the true gospel and not some false gospel that has come about. Notice in verse number 8, notice the, the passion that the Apostle Paul has. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's a good old-fashioned way of saying let him be damned and go to hell. He says, I don't care who it is. I don't care if a preacher comes up. I don't care if an angel came from heaven and had the little halo and the lights from the sky and the little, oh. He says, I don't care who it is. If they give you any other gospel, then Jesus died, was buried, and he is enough. Then that person, he should be accursed. He should be damned to hell because it's not the right Jesus. It's not the right Jesus. Notice verse 9. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel to you than that which ye have received, let him be accursed. Paul's getting passionate and he says, listen here. It's all about who Jesus is. You don't mess with 
our Jesus. And that's what the Satan likes to do. That's what the false religions want to do, is they want to change who Jesus is. They want to mess with him. They want to tweak with him. They want to make him more palatable to the world. A lot of the, the world, uh, the churches of there, uh, we'll get into that in just a second. So first of all, we see another Jesus. That's what these false spirits want to do, is they are the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist. Not against Christ necessarily one-on-one, but they want to replace who Christ is with another Jesus. Which brings me to the second thing, that Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. We're coming back to 1 John in a second, but turn with me to the gospel record of John, chapter number 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And notice with me in verse number 1. John 14 in verse number 1, the Bible says this, Let not your hearts be troubled, Believe ye in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord... We know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Notice what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That word the in English is called a definite article. It is saying that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Jesus goes on and says, No man, absolutely none, can go to the Father unless they go through Jesus. You see, Jesus is either the only way or he's no way at all. And this is where our politically correct world does not like this message. Because many people believe there are many ways to heaven. They believe that different religions will take you to heaven. That if you're a good Muslim, you could go to heaven. If you're a good Catholic, you could go to heaven. If you're a good uh, a Buddhist, you can go to heaven. They like to be exclusive, uh, exclusive, saying anyone can go. But unfortunately, Jesus is the only way. You don't go to heaven because you're a good person. You don't go to heaven because you did great things. You don't go to heaven because you had a lot of faith. You go to heaven because we accepted Jesus Christ to pay our price on Calvary's cross. And he rose again to fulfill the promises he made to us that he still lives. Jesus is the only way. Again, we're heartbroken when we say this because that means there are billions of people on this earth right now who are heading to an awful place called hell. I was knocking on doors this week and I went and talked with a lady and I began to have a good conversation with her and I asked her, are you 100% sure if you die today that you would go to heaven? And she goes, listen here, I've got my own views. She goes, I believe that as long as you're a good person, 
you're going to heaven. She goes, I didn't do anything wrong enough to go to hell. I didn't do anything wrong enough. I believe that I'm good enough. Do you know, I believe that she is a good person, but it is not good enough to go to heaven. Jesus said, no man can go to the Father but by Him. That means there's no shortcuts. You don't get out of line. You don't go dig a tunnel. There's no other way to get to God but through Jesus Christ. He is the only way. Again, this is where the world hates our message because they say, we're not being fair. What about those Muslims? Don't they deserve to go to heaven? What about those atheists? They deserve to go to heaven. We're not talking about deserving. We're talking about that Jesus is the only way. He is the only way. No man go to the Father but by Him. Some little sweet old lady, someone may say, look at this sweet old lady. She lived all of her life just living a great Great life. Oh, look at how she gave money. Look at how she raised her grandkids. Oh, look how sweet she is. And I believe she's sweet. They say, how can you send a sweet little old lady to the same hell that Adolf Hitler went? It's not fair. It may not be fair, but I didn't make the rules. God owns heaven and he created it. And he said, in order to go to heaven, you must be perfect but the bible says in romans 3 23 for we have all sinned and come short of the glory of god the bible says there are none righteous no not one you know that little sweet old lady who someone pointed and said that's an example she has not always lived a perfect life She may look sweet. She may be the best grandma ever. She may just have the sweetest disposition. But if she ever told one little lie, she is a sinner and she's not good enough to go to heaven. God made heaven so it's perfect and only perfect things can go there. But none of us are perfect. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God's standard is perfection, but we've all missed it. Whether we missed it by a little bit or we missed it by a lot, we have all missed it. The Bible continues in Romans 6.23 where he says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God says, I still want you to go to heaven, so I'm sending Jesus to die for you. And Jesus did die. He died on the cross. He paid our price on Calvary's hill. He died, was buried, and on the third day he rose again. And when he rose again, it proved two things. It proved that Jesus was indeed God. And it proved that God was satisfied with the payment that was made. And now all we have to do to go to heaven is believe on Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10 13 John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life you know what you have to do to go to heaven is just believe on the Jesus of the Bible no other Jesus is good enough No other person is good enough. You must believe that Jesus is God robed in flesh who died for us and paid our price and He rose again and this same Jesus is coming back for us 
to fulfill the promises he made. He is the only way. Do you know if there was some other way to go to heaven, Jesus wouldn't have had to die? Think about how horrible the death of the cross was. Think about his suffering and shame that he had. Remember that he is God robed in flesh. Hey, if you didn't have to die, would you choose to die if you didn't have to? If there was some other way to get the job done? Jesus, if there was some other way to go to heaven, he wouldn't have come down on this earth. He would have said, just go do this. Go slay the dragon. Go walk these stairs. Go do this. Go say this so many times. Go do and say this prayer. But that is not enough to get you to heaven. Jesus is the only way. Turn back with me, if you wouldn't mind, to the book of 1 John in chapter number 4. The book of 1 John, chapter number 4. Through this passage, we explained another Jesus, that what the world and the world system, what Satan wants to do, what the other spirits want to do, is they want to give us another Jesus. They want to give us another way. They want to do something that's against the Bible. And then even the demons believe and tremble, but it's not enough. We must believe the Jesus of the Bible. And we explain from the Bible that Jesus is the only way. There's no other way to get to heaven but by Jesus Christ which shows us something encouraging for us Christians. Notice with me the overcomer, the overcomer. We saw another Jesus, the only way, now the overcomer. Verse number four. And ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. When you get saved, God the Holy Spirit comes to indwell and live among you. And that Holy Spirit is enough to give you discernment. And it doesn't matter what the lost world tries to do. You have the truth if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. They may come up with reasonable arguments. They may come up with objections. But we know the way, the truth, and the life because we believe in Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit lives within us and greater is He that lives. We have God living in us. And He's greater than anything the world has to offer. Verse number 5. They are of the world. Therefore they speak of the world and the world heareth them. What is this they there? This word, word they is attached to those false prophets and the other spirits that are in the world. Do you know what the, the world wants to do? They want to give a Jesus that the whole world can swallow. They want to give a Jesus that no one's offended at. That's why we have so many pictures of Jesus. The, second, uh, the Bible says in the Ten Commandments that we're not supposed to have any image of Christ because what happens, we put an emphasis on his humanity and not his deity. But the world wants to give pictures of Christ. Think of Jesus Christ as a little baby. Who's afraid of a little baby? You know, Jesus Christ is not a little baby. He is God Almighty who's one day going to be our judge. Jesus, uh, the world likes to give Jesus the hippie, long-haired, milk-toast, weak-looking, effeminate Jesus. Who's afraid of that Jesus? Don't you understand that Jesus is God? And even while he was on the earth, he was a man's man. Go back and read the gospel records. He made his own um, whip and he drove out the money changers. He didn't touch a single one, but he ran out. Hey, if you had some big guy who was big and buff, big old fisherman, who had a big old carpenter, someone who worked for a living, and you watched him uh, take a whip and he was coming after you, you'd run too. 
But if he, if he was some weak, flabby guy, stop it, guys, I'm telling. No one would run from him. Jesus, even while he was in the body, he was a man's man. Jesus is God. Some people like to have the image of Jesus, of the suffering Savior who's nailed on the cross and he's there looking so pitiful, blood running over. And this is the picture of Jesus that they have. No one's afraid of the suffering Savior. They look at him and they feel more sympathy than fear. I want you to understand that Jesus is not on the cross. He died on the cross once and for all and that cross is empty. It is a sign of victory now. Jesus is not on the cross. He did the one time and it is done once for all forever for good that Jesus is enough. But the world is looking forward to having a Jesus that's not offensive. They want a Jesus who accepts everyone as they are and will let them go to heaven no matter what they've done. By the way, Jesus does if you accept the, the gift he gave you. But for someone to say, I'm a good person, I don't think God will ever send someone to hell, is sorely mistaken. And they don't understand that Jesus is the God of the Bible. But the world wants to give a different Jesus. Notice verse number 6. We are of, the God, of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Here we see the overcomer, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. He is able to be a truth detector. And you know, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and as I'm preaching a message such as this, it may not be popular, it may not be what the world wants, but it is the Bible, the Holy Spirit inside of you is doing something like this. It's true. It's true. And if I was to say something not biblical, if one of these false prophets was saying something about Jesus that was wrong, the Holy Spirit inside of us would say, there's something not quite right about that. You see, we have a truth detector inside of us because the Holy Spirit lives in us and the Holy Spirit will tell us the truth. Greater is he that's in us than he is of the world. We understand that there's many charlatans, false prophets, devils and demons trying to fool everyone. But if you have the Holy Spirit, he can guide you into all truth. He can say, ah, there's something not quite right about that. You see, all the religions have to answer one basic question. Who is Jesus? The question I want to ask you is, who is Jesus? Have you accepted the Jesus of the Bible? The Jesus who was God, who robed himself in flesh. The Jesus who lived on this earth and dwelt among us. The Jesus who shed his blood for your sins and mine on the cross of Calvary, who died and was put on a borrowed tomb. The true Jesus of the Bible, who rose again the third day and has ascended up to heaven and lives forevermore. Has there been a time in your life where you accepted the true Jesus of the Bible to forgive you of all of your sins, full, free, and forever? You see, the Catholic Bible cannot, or the Catholic Jesus cannot get you to heaven. The modern Methodist Jesus cannot get you to heaven. The charismatic Jesus cannot get you to heaven. The Muslim Jesus cannot get you to heaven. 
The Mormon Jesus cannot get you to heaven. The contemporary Christian Jesus that the songs talk about cannot get you to heaven. It is only the Jesus of the Bible that gets you to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man goeth to the Father but by Him. Has there been a time in your life where you accepted the Jesus of the Bible? One last passage I want to turn to you. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Again, the Bible speaks quite a bit about these different Jesuses that have been trying to go around. First, or 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 and notice with me in verse number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 1. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. Now the Apostle Paul has found that he has to defend his apostleship. People are saying, you're not really called of God. Who are you to tell us what to do? And he finds that he has to defend his apostleship in order to defend the Jesus of the Bible. You know what people will do is they'll try to find some way to discount the preacher so they can ignore the, the, the Jesus of the Bible. Notice in verse number 2. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted. Notice this phrase, from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he cometh that preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit of whom ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might bear well, or well bear with him. But notice this in verse number 11. He says, I'm afraid that you've been corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know what the other Jesuses do? Is they make things more complicated. You know what the simplicity of the gospel is? Jesus is enough. When he died on the cross for you, it was enough. If you have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, but you have to have your sins washed away, that means Jesus is not enough. We add something to it and it makes it more complicated. If you believe that you can lose your salvation... You know what it means? It complicates things. I talk with people who believe they can lose their salvation and I'll ask them questions like this. What sins is it that can make you lose your salvation? They say, I don't know. I said, how many sins does it take for you to lose your salvation? I want to know. That's important questions. You know what happens? Things get complicated and they don't know whether they're going to heaven or hell. They don't know for sure. It's made it complicated. If you believe that you have to go through Jesus and also Mary and the other saints, you know what that means? Jesus is not enough. We complicate it by adding things to it. Here Paul is saying we just need to go with the simplicity that is in Christ. Jesus is enough. So let me ask you a simple question, dear friend. Is Jesus enough? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on Jesus, on Jesus Christ, 
These things have I written unto you <coughs> that, that believe on the name of Jesus that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you believe in Jesus? Is Jesus enough? If you're not sure, what is making it complicated? What is keeping you from having that assurance? Do you believe that Jesus is enough or is there something else that you have to add to it? What is it that keeps you from knowing for sure? Have you accepted Jesus to be your personal Savior? Is He enough? If you've never accepted Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, let me tell you, there's hope, friend. You could accept Jesus now. You could bow your head and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. The best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me. You don't, there's no magic words. It's just crying unto him. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, is there anything you have to do in order to keep your salvation? Or is Jesus enough? Is there any magic words or any other things? Is Jesus enough? That's just the simplicity is it, of it. It's all about who Jesus is. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.